Hi, this is David with the Seriously Awkward Podcast. I know that things have gotten a little bit crazy lately, and I had uh, some thoughts and opinions of whether I should even release a podcast where I interview a friend about her growing business when a lot of businesses are having uh, problems at this time. But I kind of figured that the opportunity just to help out somebody else's business and entertainment factor is is kind of important right now. Something to listen to, uh, someone to support. So here's my interview with Lauren Huntington. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Welcome to Seriously Awkward. Awkward. So today we are with Lauren. Full name. <laughs> <laughs> How people find you're you? Like, you're like you're just failing at this right now. I know who you okay. are, but <laughs> okay. How about we start again? Okay, we're starting again. Your name. <laughs> I'm here with... I'm Lauren Huntington. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. (laughs) Okay. So I'm sitting with Lauren here today, and this is... Well, this is actually my first attempt at doing an interview with people. My goal for this is I find people fascinating, and I find what people do fascinating. And I, I think that you started... You've started a whole bunch of different vent you know business adventures and some of them worked out some of them worked out really good some of them i'm sure failed miserably um <laughs> thanks but, for having faith in me <laughs> well no but that's the act of actually pushing yourself out and yep. and mm. uh allowing yourself to fail at something is something that a lot of people don't do mm-hmm. so it's true so I figured have you on talk a little bit about your story, okay. where you originally came from. Love it. Try not to go into much when we first met, because because that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now people's imaginations are really not going. not that weird. Okay, so <laughs> seriously I, awkward. <laughs> yeah. So I met. Never mind. I'm gonna do it anyways. So Lauren and I met. At uh, I was living with a bunch of people at the time. Yeah. And uh, she came over. I don't know who you originally came over with or what, but you came over with you and your sisters. Okay. And uh, I was at a house with a whole bunch of guys. We were all living in there. Yeah. Somehow in the conversation, I was not involved with the conversation yet. Did not even meet you guys yet. Somehow in the conversation, the fact that I have weird web feet <laughs> came up in the conversation <laughs> and your sister was like, really? You have to show me. Was this Marissa or Lisa? This was Marissa. Marissa. This is before I even had a chance to meet Lisa. <laughs> oh, so that was how we first met. Okay. Over web feet. <laughs> Over web feet. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So it is. I think it was is. more traumatizing for you than for no, me I don't because care. I don't remember it, but I do remember it now that you brought it up. 
I, I oddly enough remember almost everything when it comes to conversations. That's really good. So, um, I remember when people remind me. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember her going, really? Really? We have to see the shoes to see. off right now. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what it was. So oh, that's so great. So that happened. Huh? Yeah. A lot of weird stuff happened in that house. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it's probably best that it's not. I'm sure I don't know any of it. Like, really, like... No. I'm sure I know nothing. There's not really that weird. It's just weird people. People are weird. So, that's just what happens. We're all weird. Everybody's weird. Not me. In their own way. I'm normal. <laughs> uh, so, let's talk about where Where did you originally grow from? Okay. Where, where, where does this story start? So the story is actually really unique. I um, was an Air Force brat. So my dad was in the military and I was born in England. A lot of people don't know that about me. Um, but I moved all over the country throughout my life. And I ended up moving up to Seattle, Washington area where I met you when I was two weeks shy of 20. And I had moved, so I was 19, and I had moved 12 times in 19 years. So I've literally moved lived all over the country right and you ended up living in washington yep i've been here since why? 2006 <laughs> why why did you why did you guys stay um you Just know that's, good that's job such a or? good question um honestly i fell in love with the northwest i've always liked the west coast west coast way more than other side of the country right but um so seriously i yeah, I just no, made a community, you know, great friends and loved my church, and so I just okay. stayed. Like, so the Northwest is extremely beautiful. I don't want oh, people yeah. to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the secret, right, is people don't tell people how beautiful it is, and they tell them how much it rains. And I didn't want to come up here. Right. That's part of my story, is I lived in Southern California, loved loved the sun, loved California, and I was like, there's no way I'm going up to rainy Seattle where people are depressed all the time. Like, I literally... the, the We are. We're very depressed. It was like, very... Literally it was very dark. Second. I had never been to Washington before. I just... That is actually... Nope, I had been to Washington once. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. I'm like, that is wild. I really came up here without ever having come here. But I've been here one time before that. So you moved up with your family. Yep. And... Uh, was it just because your dad got a job, or was it he well, just... Well, we could go deep really fast if you wanted to, but I um, was in college in California, and I had the opportunity to stay in California, and my, it was my intention to stay in California, but um, my faith is something I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist. It's something that's really important in my life, and that is what I felt like I was supposed to come up here. I felt like I was supposed to, even though I didn't want to. And um, so I did, out of just faith. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I can understand that. Did you, like, so what kept you, what did you do? So you moved here. You went from California. You moved all over the world. Mm -hmm. you, you ended up in California. Then you moved back. You moved to here. And then what? Then I met amazing friends. 
people that you're friends with too and um, just had the time of my life. My 20s were good. Um, full of adventure and fun and friends and good memories. I went back to school, graduated from the University of Washington. Um, I've always been quite a... Um, what did you graduate with a degree in? I graduated with a degree in communications and political science. Okay. I just need to note right now, since this is the Seriously Awkward podcast, my husband just came like tiptoeing into the house. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> he did a really good job being quiet. Um, so, so yeah, I graduated with um, communications and political science, was which was also a step of it was kind of taking a risk because I come from a family of engineers, and so a lot of math science focus. And I loved math and science, but I've always joked that I'm a social engineer, and so I went to school for something that I was excited to learn about, something that I was really interested in. I've always loved communication uh, because to me it's like a combination of a science and an art. I feel like it's a technical skill, but it's also something that has like a finesse to it. So I loved my education path. Okay. See, the weird thing to me is, is I find that like high schools and schools, they put a lot of emphasis on different areas of study, but they don't put anything on communication. Mm. And I find that everyday communication is probably one of the most important things that you need to learn. Definitely. And most people don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where you get a lot of the angst and stuff that people have nowadays. A lot of the anger and stuff like that is because people don't know really how to communicate. Yeah. It's out of more of, frustrated. It's more out of, yeah, just frustrated. I don't know what to say at this moment, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to blah yeah. out. And there's a lot of issues just with communication. And I, I that's one thing I when I look back, I go, I wish school would have taught that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I actually, this is something a lot of people don't know about me, but I started uh, public speaking and co- competing in public speaking in fifth grade. Maybe it was fourth grade, but I'm pretty sure it was more like fifth grade and actually made it to the state level when I was in elementary school where you memorized a speech or some sort of written passage and then you presented it publicly and you were evaluated and you moved up or you didn't. And so I feel like I've had like this uh, passion for communicating and for connecting with people really throughout all of my life. And the reason that I really chose communication other than it was something that I was really passionate about, interested in, I wanted versatility with my career beyond college. I wanted something that would give me a lot of options. And some people actually uh, look down upon a communication major. And so there's people that, you know, it would be more serious if you did like business instead of communication. But I would say choosing my major and going back to school was one of my first steps towards me accepting what I'm really interested in and what I really want to do and making a decision for myself instead of making a decision to please other people. Right. And I am so glad that I made that choice. Yeah, I find 
It took me a long time to realize that pleasing, like people have all this advice about your life and where mm-hmm. it should go. And, and I ran into this thing where I was getting advice from people and then I realized, it took me a long time to realize this, but I would be getting advice from people that had the best intentions, mm-hmm. but they would give their advice and then they would go their own way. Mm-hmm. And they expect you to live by your their advice. Yep. And you're like... But you're the one that has to but do I, the work but, right. and live with the consequences. I, I have to live with all the consequences that they tell me that I'm supposed to live my life. And they say, no, you should live your life this way. And then they kind of just go on their way. And then when I do or don't do the things, like if I do what they say and it fails on me, then they say... Uh, basically, oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> not... Oh, that sucks. Yeah, basically. But that's the answer they give. Thanks it's just for like, the support. Right. It's, it's oh, sorry, that didn't, it should work for you. Just try again. Yeah. Or or if you go the opposite, then they, they're disappointed in you. Yep. So you, you have to make a decision in your life just to go, I'm doing this it. This is what's right for me. This is what's right for me. And your opinion is nice, but in the end, it doesn't really matter because you don't have to live my life. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you 100%. And I'm really proud of myself for being willing to do what felt right for me and not worrying for the first time about what that was going to be, how that was going to be interpreted from anyone else. And I went to a great school and I had a great experience and I loved the other side of it by studying political science. Like I got some good meaty classes from both made you know options but um but yeah that was i would say the first actually i would say the first bold move was that i had an unconventional approach to college in general because i did one year of college in california moved up to seattle did this amazing leadership program then i did one more year of college got my aa then i went back to the leadership program on staff then I went to work full time for a year and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to school because I should be running this place. And so I went back to get a degree and um, I actually ended up still finishing school in four years and I graduated without debt because I worked my way through school and I was excited about every step of the process. And so I would say the first controversial thing I did was stopping school. But I still went back and finished. And then the second big bold thing I did was um, choosing my major and being happy about it. And then... So I have a thought. Okay. It's, did you happen to choose the major that you were interested in because you had to move around a lot and you had to learn how to make friends in different areas. If you move that much, that means you have to learn how to communicate really quickly, become friends with people. And I think many ways it may make you go kind of frustrated that most people don't communicate and that maybe that was part of the reason why you chose that. I'll, it, it's... There's some you're on to something and I'll I'll kind of elaborate more on it. Basically, I I did make friends really easily and really fast. And I never saw moving away as losing friends. I saw it as an opportunity to gain more friends. So I have friends scattered all over the country that I am still 
in constant, you know, contact with. We go on trips, we visit each other back and forth. And so I think I had a pretty positive outlook on people and connecting and making friends. I had a really good experience throughout my life. Right. Except for one place that I lived was really challenging. I grew a lot in that place. Um, I called it Snobby Town, USA. I won't tell you where that was. Canada, um, got it. But I grew up a lot. <laughs> I never lived in Canada. Yeah, people in Canada are not like that. <laughs> people in Canada are like the nicest people ever. You know when you meet, are talking to a Canadian because they're so nice. Um, so basically, I um, did feel good with people. But the reason that I picked communication, which does have to do with why I moved around a lot or moving around a lot, is actually that um, when you're in the military, I think other kids that grew up in the military life will understand this. You live somewhere for the most part and for two to maybe three years if you're lucky. Sometimes less, sometimes a little more. But on average, we moved every two to three years. And my sisters have also talked about this. And we have... Um, a really interesting characteristic, which is when we get somewhere or do something, when we get to about the two to three year point, we start to get a little antsy. Right. And we're like, okay, what's next? What's next? We're like ready to move. We're ready to do something new. We're ready to conquer a new project. And so I will say that because of my military life growing up and all of the changes constantly it has kind of made it difficult for me to stick with something for long term so the idea of me picking a career path that I was going to do for 30 years which thankfully is not the trend anymore anyway no, nobody does that but anymore. like at the time that I was in high school and choosing a major that was still the idea right it's changed a lot in the last 10 years it still is years. what they teach is basically you're going to stay with the business, but which it, is not realistic. It's not. It's not realistic. So anymore. the idea. So I was really passionate about two things when it came to college. One, graduating without debt. Two, using a degree that I got. I right. didn't want to study something that I wasn't going to end up using. So I was actually truly, actually, really overwhelmed with the idea of picking one thing that was going to dictate and dominate all of the jobs that I was going to get later. So I really did want to go broad so that I could be versatile because I have to be versatile. And that kind of flows into what you opened with, which is all the different entrepreneurial things. I, from a young age, have been creative and kind of a dreamer, a go-getter, like lots of ideas for inventions, lots of ideas to make things better. And so I think that I, um, you know, we all kind of end up where we were meant to be in the end. And so I went in the traditional path and I finished my degree. I went to the corporate world and it took me about six months to realize that I hated it. Right. And I have the right personality to do really well in that environment. I'm a go-getter. I'm a type A um, I care about quality and, and doing well, but I didn't like the the environment of that whole world and that the people and just the tension. I don't know how to explain it. It was just people didn't feel very alive in that environment. It was very competitive, which I'm not afraid of competition. Um, I don't know how to explain. I'm not going to I'm just going to move on. So I did college, the right thing, 
which I do think college is great because it helps you. I think so. I think college is a good thing if you know what you want. Yeah. I think college is us forcing college on saying this is your only way to succeed yeah. is not correct. I agree with you 100%. I love the experience of college and critical thinking and challenging your thoughts and beliefs and understandings and just pulling things apart was awesome. Um, but you can go to college and not succeed in life, however you measure it, and you cannot go to college and you can succeed in life. Right. And so... I don't think college is a determiner of level of success or where you can go with your life, but I do think it's still a really beneficial journey. So I went from college to corporate world. Six months was like, this is not for me. My heart is really to help people. Left corporate world to go to a nonprofit where I took a huge pay cut and really felt like I was supposed to do it, and I did, and it was amazing how things worked out. Then... I, the first year of that nonprofit was just like this euphoric experience. I was like, I can't believe I'm being paid to do this work. I'm really making a difference in people's lives. and really helping people. And then um, I just accidentally started, like I found this product I really liked and I started a home business and it exploded. It went really well, really quickly right. to the point where the next year I was able to leave my full-time job and like run my business full-time. The missing piece of that business, that business grew a lot, and I had almost 700 people on my team, my home-based business, earned trips, you know, made money, got to do all this fun stuff, but it didn't connect to my passion. I didn't feel like it was why I was put on earth. I didn't feel like it was fulfilling something in my heart. And so... um, Right, because I... Well, so I've done things like... I was involved with some like network marketing yeah. things and stuff like that and and different venues and stuff like that. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 you know, it's really good. I say those environments are great, but it doesn't match my passion. And it, it taps into areas of me where I, I'm just like, I don't want to do like people can be successful at those things. But Absolutely. It's, I if I find I'm not passionate about what i'm selling i don't care yeah because in the end it's just a product it, you can buy it or you cannot i yeah. that's my yeah <laughs> it's it's a terrible philosophy if you're if you want to make it huge in just a random business <laughs> but for me <laughs> for me if i'm not passionate about it then i i just don't care about i it. feel and, the same way and like i used to be in an industry where we were, we had products on shelves, and they're selling thousands of units. But I didn't care about it because I was just like, it was it was a uh, beverage company, and I was like, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me. This is not important. This is has it's nothing. Not impacting in, my life. It's not impacting my life. It's a job. It's something I do. And then there's some people that are just gung ho about it and mm-hmm. just like crazy about it, and like they eat and sleep it. And I'm just like, why? and and yet you have all of these talents and hobbies and things that you really enjoy and it's ironic because I used to be an employment specialist so like talking about career path and passion and fulfillment is like my nerd zone and I've always tried to explain to people I'm like you either need to have a job that you are like on fire in love passionate about and it can work for your needs in life 
or you have a job that's just a job, but you have to find that place of those passions and that hobby in like other, other areas of your life, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because you need both, you know, in my opinion. You need to pay the bills, but you also want to feel happy and uh, utilize your talents and have some sort of passion, you know, project. Yeah, so my, see, my problem is, is I am crazily driven but have no money to succeed. <laughs> like I have like I have so many projects that I want to work on. Like some I've talked to people and they're like, I don't know what I would do if I retired. And I'm like, I have so much stuff I want to do. I wish I could retire today. But the the fact that there's no money coming in <laughs> is where it stops me. And I'm just like, I have I have like I'm in a band, I'm working on uh, I'm working on the podcast, I work on YouTube, I I do a whole bunch of other side things, and I'm constantly going. Yeah. Like I'm I'm constantly either making something. I have usually around four projects going right now because I have one going, and then like I'm building something, and I just painted it, and I That's it drives cool. me crazy that that thing is I can't touch it to finish it. Because it's drying. So I have to have something else that I'm doing. Okay. I have to have another project that's going because I want to keep working on this until it's... I have to complete something. Okay. And and it drives me crazy that... So, like, I'm also doing a a documentary. And I I have to slightly put that on the back burner because I have other things that I need to complete that can make me money. But... I still need to work on this, but I can only devote a little bit of time, but I also have to work in between. And yeah. so it's it's balancing the hustle, everything out. The hustle is real. The juggle is real. Like, I think that, I mean, obviously you're a creative. And if you're not creating, you're probably maybe not happy. I don't know what word I should use, but like you are a creator. So it's invigorating it's exciting it's rewarding to be working on things and right if well you're it's, not it's, working on projects to me it's you like get bored you're probably just like ugh. yeah no that's every that's why i don't like a regular job yeah <laughs> it's very difficult for me um like i create something and i go oh cool i created that but as soon as i'm done i want to move you're on to over the next it. i'm over it i move, want to move on to the next thing i want that to be the best possible but at the same time, I'm already thinking of the next thing I want to do. So, do you have ADD? No. Yes, maybe. I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. I have ADD <laughs> and I own it. I own it and I think I love it. Like, I love having ADD. It's something that has a lot of negative um, stigma to it, I think. But I feel like I am able I, to think and process things in such a unique way. And I know that maybe it drives people nuts around me, maybe. I, but. I think ADD is a word that they give to people that are just people that have multiple passions. <laughs> and multiple, they, if you can harness that ADD into complete, it's the, the where, it, where it has issues is if you don't complete something. Yeah. Like if you start something and then you just, you complete, you're complete. 
you're constantly starting something. If over there's and anything over and over I don't complete, it's a sentence. I'll start saying something and then I'll remember this story and then I'll remember that story. It's okay. But we, we wrap them all together at the end. <laughs> and then it's like all these deep revelations throughout this crazy story. I um I feel I can't remember what I was gonna say, so we're just gonna keep moving on. That's fine. That's let's, an ADD moment right there. That's okay. Let's talk about your so you've done a bunch of different venues and different events and different mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You've even worked with my sister at the radio station. Yeah, yeah. Doing all the event staff thingies. Yep. I love, like, people. And I love being behind the scenes. And I love just mixing it up and doing things just for fun, not because you're doing it for money. Yeah. I love people, but at the same time, I think they're gross. I <laughs> <laughs> should be a teacher. That's awesome. Anyways, let's talk about your uh, encouragements. Okay. How did this get started? Where did the idea come from? And where are you at now? So the funny thing is we're actually sitting at the table where it all started, right here. Um, but I... Um, so basically I had that business that was from home and I felt like I was supposed to lay it down, which was kind of a crazy radical thing to do. Um, and I love to give back and I love to support good causes and nonprofits and missions and stuff like that. And so my business that I had that I felt like I was supposed to shut down um, is how I gave it to a lot of things. And so I, you know, believe in doing radical things and when I've been led to do something it's always worked out the way it's supposed to so I shut it down and I had to make some changes to how I gave and what I supported and that really wrecked me so I really was pretty messed up by it and I prayed that God would give me an idea I know this is maybe radical stuff but I prayed that God would give me an idea so that I could make some side money so that I could give again right and Two weeks later, I took my daughter to um, a little modeling photo shoot for her. She's two years old, and so she was she was not even a year old, or yeah, she wasn't even a year old yet. And um, actually, she might have just turned one, two. Oh my gosh, how old? Do you even have <laughs> this kids? This is what happens when you have kids and <laughs> you have ADD. Okay, however old she was, I took her to this photo shoot, and I was just so impressed with the studio team. And I was just thinking about how they probably don't get recognized. They probably don't get thanked. And so I was, it was our first time and they were just so kind and helpful. And I was thinking about how I wanted to like send them a little thank you card with pictures from her shoot. And, and all of a sudden I was just like, wow, I bet that would really encourage them because they probably don't get acknowledged. And when I said encourage, all of a sudden the word courage stood out of the word encourage. And I was like, wow, when we encourage people, we're giving them courage. We're saying, keep going. Don't give up. You've got this. I believe in you. And I was like, wow, that's really powerful. Like, there's too many people that are overlooked and feel unappreciated. And so all of a sudden, my mind is spinning. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. And then I'm like, encouragement. I'm like, what if I had mint with encouraging messages on them? And my first, I because I was thinking about something that people, you know, turn to regularly throughout their day. And people eat mints and gum right. all the time. No one wants bad breath and everyone likes encouragement. So I'm, I'm literally um, 
like thinking all of this through and I'm processing how am I going to, my original idea was actually to put a message on a mint similar to like those little sweetheart candies or whatever. Every time you get your mint, you get your little message. But I knew already that that would be such an insane feat just logistically that I knew that wasn't going to be my first step. And it was funny because I was actually washing my hair and I like got my phone to see if the domain was available for encouragements, which it was. And I probably shouldn't reveal this, but I originally looked up encouragements with an S and it was available, but it was $1,200. <laughs> and so I changed the. So S. that that's not a that's not a uh, that was not available. That was for sale. It was available. No, it's not. Not anymore. No, it was never available. If it says it's it's oh, if it's it available, for sale. Yes, it, yes, yes, yes. That you're means right. somebody yes. already no, I understand owned it. What you're saying. Someone owned it, but I mean they're selling it, so to me that's available. Right. Well, I have one of mine up for like nine thousand dollars. Good just, for you. Just now because... I want to know what domain that is. <laughs> I am a domain buying nerd. Like I have bought some good domains. I have domains that are like mine that no one knows about. <laughs> Tell me what they are. I have so many domains. Shh, quiet. Tell me what they are. Yes. Nobody's listening. <laughs> um, that's really cool. Nine thousand dollars is intriguing. I was, so so I bought it and I was and I haven't done anything with it because I bought I really want to know what it is. I thought of an idea and then I was just like, eh, if somebody wants it, this is the price I'll sell it for. Yeah. So no bites. No bites. Not bro. yet. Someday. If somebody does, someday then, it's gonna make you rich. Or it'll just sit there forever. <laughs> <laughs> So encouragements with an S was for sale and it was $1,200. So I was like, eh, I just got this idea 30 seconds ago. I'm not going to spend $1,200 on a domain. So I changed the S to a Z and it was $12. So I got it for 1% of the price. There you go. Which I like the Z better anyway. I think the the Z is a better design. A little bit of a flare, you know. Encouragements with an S would just be too basic, right? I don't think it actually would look good as a design compared to the Z. It works really well, I think. So I basically, I buy the domain on the the spot, realize I'm not done washing my hair, finish doing my hair, come out, tell my husband, and I say, I just got this idea. he yelled at you for an hour. No, he thought it was a great idea. Oh, okay. And I'll just just (laughs) pull the band-aid off. He doesn't always like my ideas or believe in them, but this time he was like, that's a really good idea. So then I started thinking, I know I can't print right on the mints, but how can I incorporate a message with mints? And that's how I ended up with the idea of tins of mints with a magnet. And so there's a magnet that has a phrase on it and it goes inside the lid of the tin. So every time you open your tin to get your mint, you see your little message, but then the magnet can be kept after and people can give it away or put it on the fridge or whatever. Right. And my heart was really in such a pure place from for this from the beginning because I really believe that everyone benefits from being encouraged and appreciated. And so my original... So this is also crazy because I'm kind of um, uh, particular when it comes to like design and colors and everything. And I put my logo together in like five minutes. And I was kind of amazed. I really like it. People really like it. I think I have good brand recognition. So I feel like it's good. Um, Maybe people don't like it. I think some people don't. But 
it was amazing to me. Like I just had this vision of the colors and the style and this idea. And so within six days, I had a prototype in my hand. I made my logo the next day. I had my domain and I ordered labels and tins and mints and I put it all together and it was really exciting. But essentially I started putting them together by hand at my table. Okay. And I sat on the idea for about two months because I'm normally quite a jumper and I just jump right in and I wanted it to simmer. I wanted to see if I was, if you know how you said you finish a project and then you're like over it. Right. Sometimes if I get an idea and I work on it, I'm like, okay, done. But I wanted to see if it was still going to be jumping in me. And so May 9th, I think it was. I should know the date, but I don't. I think May 9th. I don't remember dates of anything, so I, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Facebook keeps track of dates, so I don't have to anymore. Right, exactly. And so I went live, and I, like, shared this idea. I literally used Google Forms to create, like, a pre-order sheet. And I went live, shared my idea, and I was blown away at the response that I got. And... um so many people loved the idea. People bought them. Like the ones I was making by hand, putting them all together, assembling them. Even like the second round, so where did I was you sealing get, them. Where did you get the tins? Where did you get the mints from? Or did you make the you mints yourself? You want to know everything. Yeah. Everyone asks if I make the mints. And I always tell people I am not a mint maker. I'm not passionate about it. I'm not called to do it. If you talk about mints like money, then yeah. To be honest with you, I don't even think... That I am, um, I don't even consider mints my product. I consider encouragement my product. Like it's encouraging so words is my product. Okay. And so even though I sell mints and that's the way that it all combines and is all really cute and practical, um, I really believe that my product is the encouraging message. And so I tell people I'm an encourager. I tell a joke. I'm like, I want to be a CEO, chief encouragement officer. Isn't that so cute? It's so cute. And so, um, so yeah, it was amazing because I was doing it by hand. I ordered stuff all over the internet. So the mat, I don't want to give away all my secrets. You don't have to give away your secrets. I ordered things on Amazon. Okay. And I ordered um, the mints wholesale on a candy shop online. And I, I tried out a few different products. I had other people trying out the products. And people really did like the original mints that I used in the tins. But I quickly realized that I could not keep up with demand. And I had a one-year-old at this time. And I was like, I know that I didn't get put on this earth to make tins the rest of my life. And I would make hundreds of tins, sell them all so quick that it'd be discouraging. And it's obviously a good problem to keep selling out. Right. But it was very frustrating because it took quite a task to take them all, put them together. And I, I kind of was saying to you a minute ago, I started sealing the tins too. And so it was just quite a process. It was really fun. But I was like, I have a one-year-old. I don't have time to make tins. So by June, I announced it in May. By June, I knew I need to get production. And it took me six months, which some people say is a lot faster than expected. But for me, it took way too long. But by October... I was able, I got my first round of production. So I got tins produced. And then a couple months later, I released mint cards. And mint cards were the game changer. Mint, even though the tins were my original flagship product, the mint cards are the thing that has changed the game. Um, the price point on the mint cards is a lot better. 
and it's really sleek and it's affordable for people to just scatter everywhere. People can co-brand it right. on and the back. It just fits right it in the pocket. It fits in a pocket, in a purse. It's so easy. And they all have different messages on them. So basically, you know, people use them for so many different things. Employers will co-brand. They'll put their information on the back. They'll give them out to employees or give them out at award events or, you know, nonprofits will use them um, to 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 support their cause. Like sometimes they're all about showing kindness. So they're giving mint cards out that are also promoting their their organization. It's just amazing. Um, when I travel, I give them to flight attendants. I give them to the ticket agents. I give them to hotel clerks. Like, it's unbelievable what a difference a small thing Where makes in someone's day. Everybody likes mints. Everyone likes mints. <laughs> no one wants bad breath. And everyone likes to be encouraged. I and s- it's amazing. It's I so wish good. everybody didn't want bad breath. But, you know, there's some people out there. Speaking of this, like, <laughs> I, have really, I feel like I have really bad breath right now. But, you know, I'm trying to sit far away. It's okay. We're at a good distance I've made, I made the mistake of, like, putting mints. I was just on the news in December. And I had a mint in my mouth. And when you ever record something with the news... Like you do however many minutes with them and they take five seconds of it. Right. And if, if you're picked, lucky. They picked the five seconds that I had a mint in my mouth, even though all the other times I didn't. I'm like, Haha, at least it's my own mint, right? right? But I'm just like, okay, I learned my lesson the hard way there. Do not put stuff in your mouth when you're doing an interview. Yeah. There you go. That's good. That was for free. <laughs> free advice from Lauren. <laughs> This is probably going way too long. No, that's fine. But yeah, that's the journey. I mean, it really did start with just a pure, like a pure motive to really make a difference for people. And then people caught, like uh, captured the vision of it. And um, it was a pleasant surprise when companies wanted to co-brand. That was an accident. You know, I didn't think of that originally. And I realized, wow, this is really beneficial for organizations nonprofits or corporations or whatever churches even um because it's mutually beneficial it's spreading positivity and it's spreading you know marketing their business realtors use them there's just so many things but what's cool is the growth has been a lot more than i expected also so last year 2019 we sold into all 50 states, which was one of our goals. Nice. And that was exciting, actually. It was really, that probably helped that I lived in half those states. <laughs> um, but selling into all 50 states was really exciting. So now, next, obviously, our goal will be more global focus. And then we doubled quarter over quarter. We also, this is kind of down low, but we auditioned with Shark Tank. Yeah. We didn't get on. That's okay. But, but I'm going back. You did Because I think process. I was too early to the game. I was way, I only had like $7,000 in sales when I went to Shark Tank. And I was only online for a few months at that time. And so we've only been online for a little more than a year. Right. And it's pretty exciting what's happened. That's great. Yeah. Really good. Thanks. So, encouragements, where do you find them? You find them online. I have a website, encouragements with a Z.com. And it's just the word encourage, M I N T Z.com. And we're not on Amazon yet. We're thinking about it. But honestly, our site has done us really well. People like it, they use it. You can do custom orders. It's how else, just, how else can other people get in contact with you? 
You can find us on Instagram, which is encouragements.co, or they can find us on Facebook. Um, that's just at encouragements. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook with Lauren Huntington. Um, but yeah, it's we would love to have more people join. We always try to share really positive stories and positive messages and inspirational things. Um, just because we're really all about like making a difference in people's lives. Um, this idea came to me in a time where I was going through a really, really hard, dark season of my life. And I realized that I was creating something that I, I also needed in that time of my life. I needed to be encouraged. And I think that there's a lot of people that are around us that are struggling or suffering and we really have no idea but when we make an effort to see people around us whether it's a server or a bus driver or someone sitting you know alone at a table you can literally actually impact someone's life very true and we're kind of all about that and we have some really amazing stories that have happened that are tear jerkers from people that have stepped out and shown kindness and um it's it's addicting i will say that like i'm addicted to the impact of what this can do well awesome congratulations on all the success and i hope Thank you have more you. success coming forward um Reach out to Lauren, and uh, we will end this by saying goodbye, good night, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me, hear my story, go on rabbit trails. But it there really no does bless. Trail. It does. It's it, a straight story all the way through. <laughs> we were consistent. Hit, consistent, hit um, every single point. Yeah, there you go. And we had it all scripted out. It was we all scripted. It. <laughs> Even though I can barely read, that's how we did that. <laughs> no, but really, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate no problem. It. Uh, it was fun. We'll have to do it again. A little bit of time. The next story. The next chapter Until of all next this. Time. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed this interview, and hopefully you come back to hear more. After this podcast recorded, I had an idea that I would like to promote people and their businesses because people are struggling right now. So if you know somebody that has a business or if they have some sort of uh, project that they're working on where they're trying to help people out or if it's a diaper drive or if it's anything get in contact with me email me at dmwcastaway at gmail.com or my phone number leave a message at 206-552-9897 hopefully to hear from you and we can get through this together thank you for listening to seriously awkward friends please like subscribe our facebook page and think about becoming a patreon member and listen next week